The Good Advice Show. We're tuning in to another episode of The Good Advice Podcast. I got a great episode for you today. If you've been running your business or thinking about starting your business, you've come to the right podcast. I'm going to give you some actionable, tangible things that you can think about and apply when it comes to actually starting that business and turning it into something that can make you some money. Now, before we get into the episode today, we got a quick episode. It's not a long one on this Monday morning. However, before we jump into our conversation, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a quick ad for you. So thank you for sticking with that. And today we're going to be talking about avoiding the path of least resistance, something that I think is incredibly difficult for most of us and yet so tantalizing on the same token. So all that and more is on today's episode. But before we jump in, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Take a look. We'll be back soon. You know that feeling at 10 o'clock at night when you finished a long day of work and you're trying to figure out all the financials of your business? Well, the good news is you don't have to be an expert in this space. You got to just know who is the expert to call. That person is Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions, and he does business bookkeeping services better than anyone else I know. By not only helping you manage your books, he can also be the expert to help you understand your books. On top of that, he also handles payroll for businesses and really takes the worry and stress of managing all of these things so that you can focus on running your business well. So what are you waiting for? Stop wasting time trying to understand all these elements of your business. Call Steve Lay at Equity Business Solutions and he'll show you the value beyond the numbers. Go to EquityBusinessSolutionsLLC.com to find out more. So I was posting today about the steps that it takes to get yourself a sale or acquire that new customer, get that next customer for your business. And I was posting this because I had taken a long weekend from LinkedIn. I think like around Thursday afternoon, I ended work for the day, didn't do any work on Friday. And just like I said, just took a longer weekend. Well, I came back today around midday on a Monday to find myself swarmed I was covered up with these inbox DMs on both Facebook and LinkedIn and not just inbox DMs, but like follow-up DMs where someone had said like, and this is, I've, I've railed against this on the podcast. You probably get it yourself a numerous amount of times, but it's the message. It's the cold DM. It's the pitch. Um, I'm not going to get super in the weeds on it because again, we understand it. We know it. We've lived it. But it is that message where the person messages you and says, hey, it's great to meet you. And then they give you the essay on all the things that they can do for you, the money they can make for you. In fact, I will just read one um, for you right now. Um, So this person, hey, Blake, excited to connect with you. I'm excited. Uh, I'm eager to help. Excuse me. My company's expertise is in audience building, community nurturing, and customer conversions. We can take your online presence to the next level. How about we try our 60-day social media content strategy? Let's dive into details. Click this link to schedule a call. Give me a break. (laughs) I get these all the time. And and like I said, I think most of us do, right? People who are active on LinkedIn, we're getting these all the time. Uh, And I don't have to look far. I mean, literally, I have four today already. Uh, June 2nd, that was three days ago. It's a good thing that the bots don't operate on the weekends. But on June 2nd, on that Friday, I had four then. I have three more on the Thursday uh, before that. Every day, I'm getting three, four, five messages that are just like this. 
And I was thinking, what is it about this that is so tantalizing, so exciting for the average salesperson? Because there has to be something exciting about this. Otherwise, people would not be doing it. And I've I've joked in the past about there must be some kind of class or some kind of massive conference that invites salespeople worldwide to come to where they tell people to go do this. Because otherwise, it's, it's amazing how common the online telemarketers are and seemingly from pretty notable personalities sometimes. It's, it's occasionally I will get these kinds of messages from clear bots in that the profile gets deleted, it gets banned, what have you. More often than not, however, it is people with sizable audiences, and this is simply the way they do business. So I was thinking, like, why is this something that is so common? I will say, and this is going to probably undo my message for today, I will say people do these things because they work. They don't work for you in that it doesn't genuinely solve your problem as a buyer, but they do work for the slimy salesperson looking to make a quick buck. Here's what I'll say by this. Here's what I mean by this. If I sent you a paragraph, let's say you got an inbox DM message from Blake that said, hey, you know, business name. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe, it's great to meet you. Hey, I was wondering, um, how's your weekly revenue for your business? Would you be opposed to making an additional 10K per week for your business in as little as 30 days? I have a surefire, no risk way where I can actually scale your business for you and get you to six or even seven figures with a very tiny investment of your time, no money up front. And again, it's risk-free. Click this link to schedule a call with me. Most of us aren't going to click that because most of us are savvy enough business owners to just know to just know how business works, to just know that there is no... Um, quick path to victory. There's no victory. (laughs) There's no quick path to success. Most of us wouldn't give that message a time of day because we wouldn't believe it. We wouldn't trust it. And we would just know it's too good to be true. However, if I'm sending this message 100, 200, 300 times a day, and by the way, you have to know that this is the, the the reach that people are engaging in. Um, I've actually talked to people who've been friends limited or connection limited on LinkedIn because they've hit like the soft, the soft, um, I can't think of what the express, the phrasing is. They've sent so many connection requests that LinkedIn has begun like cutting them off basically. And their numbers are in the 700, 800, 900s um, that, that they're, consistently reaching out to these people. And of course, they're using bots to do this, which LinkedIn is working hard to, at least to my knowledge, because I've seen them say like, hey, my bot's been down. But these people are messaging hundreds of people at a time. So if I'm offering something, even when I say it's risk-free and no money up front, I am ultimately trying to convert you on a sale. And if the amount that I'm selling you is $5,000, which these are not low ticket offers, 
if I'm converting you at $5,000, I only need one sucker out of 100, one sucker out of 500 for my effort to be worth it for me. So you have to understand that when these messages go out, it's a numbers game. It is, you know, I need to just message as many people as possible in order to make my sale. And as you would guess, these brands don't go anywhere long-term. Um, they don't create any meaningful impact. And if you're listening to the podcast, I would venture to guess that this is probably not the kind of business you're wanting to start and probably not the kind of business that you're running now and trying to grow. If it is the kind of business you're running, then I hate to say it, it's probably not the podcast for you because, I mean, it's the name of this episode. This I am just all about the long game. I'm all about building something long-term. And when I say long-term, many of us think, oh, so it won't be a week. Oh, so it's going to be, oh, so it's going to be like a month then? It's going to be two months? I have this podcast class that I'm launching in about a week for people who are wanting to start a podcast. And from the people that I've talked to who've paid me to do this for them, it's just funny how the initial conversations are always, hey, you should be prepared to dedicate at least a year to this. And I have some people who respond to that with, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm in it for the long game. And I have other people who they sort of half-heartedly say that, but I can see it on their face, disappointment and, oh, I was really hoping to launch a podcast and make it big in about two weeks time. And I hate to break it to you. That's, that's just not how business works. It's not how life works. I will say if you've been in, in your industry for a long time, if you have deep connections, uh, and I don't mean that like in a slimy way, but like you just have built your network, you will grow much faster because you can leverage those connections. But if you're new to your industry, if you have never really done something like this before, you don't have a digital footprint, it will take you much longer. My podcast, for example, we're coming up on year five. Goodness. Um, I don't think I really saw meaningful traction till about year three. Now, I also wasn't being very consistent with it. Um, I had weeks, sometimes like a month at a time where I wasn't posting anything. And, and because of that, these were things that set me back. But whenever I talk to people and we're talking about, okay, you want to launch a podcast, what, you know, we have the conversation, who's it for? What do you want to do with it? Is it to promote your business? Do you want to make money on it? I always say, okay, hey, be prepared to spend about a year before you make any money on it. And I say that up front just to get people on the same page because that is reality. That is reality. It's like whenever I talk to people who are starting a business, like I was on the phone call with a guy the other day who was starting a business and he was going to quit his job. And I said, Hey, you know, and he has kids. And I said, you know, you probably want to hold off on quitting your job until you make your first sale with this business and not your, just your first sale, but until that side hustle money is something at least tangibly meaningful, like it is like a week of your monthly budget or two weeks of your monthly budget. Until you start seeing traction there, I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't quit your job. And he responded with, well, how am I supposed to do both? And I was like, well, you're, you're not doing both. You're not doing 40 hours for both, 
But what you are doing is you're peeling off some time during the day, an hour here, an hour there to nurture this thing and see where does this thing have opportunity? Because honestly, we're often, we're often one of the, be- the, the, the worst people of when it comes to like judgment of what's true and right, we are incredibly biased. So understanding that it could take longer than you think it's important to be conservative and be careful so that you don't like putting it very candidly ruin your life. I quit my job with my eight kids and now we're broke. Well, it probably wasn't good to quit your job. So all this to say, this brings me to the point of today's conversation. Everyone is looking for a shortcut. In fact, I took a marketing class. Um, it was an online, it wasn't like a class class, like a course at a college. It was a, um, I would call him a marketing guru, uh, and not necessarily in a kind way, but I took a marketing class from this person who had made lots of money and it was a small class and he was sharing his perspective. This was early on my business early, early, early. And I was like, yeah, I want to learn. I want to figure this thing out. And essentially what he said was, you know, everyone knows the real road to get to where they want to go. Like everyone knows, like envision like a mountain, you're riding a bike and you see there's a mountain in front of you. Like the, the path goes up the mountain and let's say everyone knows this is the path to get to the other side. And on the other side of this mountain is wealth, success, um, whatever is your end game. He was like, everyone knows this is the path. Your job as a good salesperson, as a good marketer, is to convince them they don't need to climb the mountain. Even if they do, your job is to convince them they don't have to. And so if the goal is to get to the other side, what you do then is you remove the mountain and you promise you promise the security of the other side without climbing the mountain path. Now, before you get to, you know, before you indulge too much on this analogy, by the way, guys, um, there are mountains that everyone has to climb. Sometimes we make that mountain harder than it has to be. Sometimes we turn our bicycle into a unicycle and we are so stuck in our ways and unwilling to accept help from other people, to embrace technology, to try new things, to be willing to fail, that we make the path harder than it needs to be. That's not the message of today's podcast. I'm not talking about being ignorant or unwilling to try new things. I'm talking about being in denial of the mountain. Like where everyone around you is saying, hey, there's a mountain you're going to have to climb and you are, it's kind of like when I, I used to, um, this is probably like three or four years ago, actually, this would be way longer. This would probably be five or six years ago. I did a small group with my church. Um, My wife and I hosted a small group for uh, married couples and the only the only we're, we're, by the way, we know nothing about marriage. <laughs> so this wasn't like a come learn from us, but we were willing to facilitate. We were willing to be the host of the home for other couples to come and have honest, genuine conversations. And I say this because joy and myself, we've been now married nine years, but around year three or four, we were like, we, we just want to have a space where we can be honest and say, Hey, this is hard. Hey, um, does he want to have any advice? 
hey, Joy and I are just not on the same page here. Can someone give me an outside perspective? And we loved the idea of other couples being in the same room where we could all learn and grow together, which by the way, this is helpful for anything worth doing, getting outside perspectives, not only that, but, but the mutual shared accountability of this is really freaking hard. So we had a new couple join the group, new meaning, um, not just, not just new, but they were just married. They'd only been married for, um, you know, maybe a couple months and we get, we get, I can't remember what the conversation was. Um, and this stuff, by the way, I, I really loved this group because it was like, this would be the kind of group where if it was like my wife's driving me crazy, it wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, your wife is so annoying and oh yeah, she's such a nag or whatever. It was, it, it was a group that really held me accountable. And so here, I, if, you know, if I was saying something like, man, she seems so stuck on this and it's not important and it's not a big deal. It wouldn't be uncommon for one of the other men in the group to say, well, it's a big deal to her. So, so how do you validate that? How do you not just validate that, but also express how you feel? Like, how do you have open conversation open? Di- like it was very much a let's sharpen one another where we all have fulfilling relationships and fulfilling marriages. Well, so from that, you have to have open conversations. You have to have honest conversations about the challenges you run into uh, when you are married. Uh, By the way, this is not unlike the group I do now on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. at a Red Kite in Springdale, where it's our Tuesday morning growth group where business owners get together and we share challenges. This is what I'm facing. What does everybody think? And it's not a sales pitch. It's not, man, I'm really struggling to get more, more customers. Well, hey, you probably need a new website and here's my card. It's, it's, well, hey, let's talk about what it is. What is it that you ultimately sell? Well, I sell this product. Well, yeah, that's the outcome. But why would someone buy from you? Why you? Why you? Like we actually have these conversations so that people can be sharper and grow their business. But I digress. In this married couple group, married couples group, we had this young couple that joined. And after the first, um, we had the first small group. And then we went to lunch with this couple uh, or with the husband, excuse me. And I was talking to him and I said, Hey, so what do you, what do you think about the group? And I was, I was seeking honest feedback because I want people to find value in the group. And again, as the host of the group, I want this thing to actually be useful for people. So I said, Hey, what do you, um, what do you think about the group? And I typically, when I ask questions like this, there's three buckets. There are people who are, well, rather than make this more complicated than it is, people will typically be kind and earnest, or if they're not feeling it, they will still, most people I talk to will give me lip service, I guess. And I was expecting one of those two things. Cause it's just most people. So this guy, however, was very candid, which is not wrong. I think it's great to be candid. And he said, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to stay in it. And he had only come one time and I said, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, or maybe a few times I can't remember. I said, oh, well, what, uh, what, what is it about the group? Like, you don't, is it the content? Is it, um, are we just not doing a good job? Like, what do you think? And mind you, just very newly married. And he goes, yeah, it's not for us. Um, the things you guys talk about, um, we feel like it's bad for our marriage, which shocked me. Uh, cause I, I thought, wow, I mean, we talk about listening to your spouse and validating and how do you navigate struggle and like have healthy, com- healthy conversation, healthy communication. So I'm thinking like, what, what is it that, that was bad? 
And I said, okay, well, um, what is it that's not good for your marriage that we're having in this conversation? And he said, you know, you guys talk about the problems you're facing in your marriage. And I think it's bad for my wife and I, because we're not planning on having problems. And I, I admire his thinking there of having the right mindset, a positive mindset, like we're going to make it, it's going to be great. However, I thought, yeah, but there's going to be a time you have a hard conversation. There's going to be a time you don't see eye to eye, right? I mean, how that's the whole point of the group is when you get to that conversation, it's not, it's not a matter of if it's when you even like power couples, you are going to have a moment where you don't see eye to eye. That's not because there's something wrong with you as a couple or you fractured your relationship. It's just being human. We are each our own person. So I said something like that. I said, well, you know, I mean, you're going to have moments you disagree. There's going to be moments where you hurt her feelings or offend her or vice versa. That's not anything wrong with your marriage. That's just being human. And he sort of held his hand up like, nah, you know, I, and actually his response was kind of aggressive. He was like, I, I really reject that. I, I really want to keep my marriage pure and I don't accept that line of thinking. And, and here's the deal. If you're not spiritual at all, if you're not a Christian at all, um, I will go ahead and like let you in on um, some Christian culture in that there is a Bible verse that talks about um, the power of life and death is in the tongue, uh, meaning like what you say matters. And I've known people to be overly religious about that, where, you know, you're sick with the flu and you're like, yeah, I'm sick. And someone will be like, well, don't say you're sick. You know, that'll make it true. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm not here to knock anybody, by the way. I, I do think there is there is a tie between what you say and outcomes from that. I, I just I'm sorry. I just don't think it it I don't think I have the power to bring flu into this world. So that's my that's my honest opinion. But he was like, I don't want you to say that over my marriage. Like we're not that's not gonna happen. And I was like, Okay, all right, well, I guess that's that then. And uh we didn't see eye to eye. It just was what it was. So him and his wife, they left the group They moved on. I have no idea whatever happened to them. I hope they're still married today. I don't, I don't have any reason to assume they wouldn't be. Uh, however, I do know they probably got to a point where they had an argument or at least some events offense happened because, because that is simply what happens. All right. Why did I bring this up? I honestly don't know because I've gotten so deep into this analogy now that I can't remember what brought me up to this. But I think what I was talking about, though, was, you know, there are people out there who are in such denial about the mountain, like the mountain doesn't exist for me. I'm not going to have to go over that mountain when that is the only path to getting to the other side. And we are so obsessed as a culture about getting around that mountain to our detriment when it comes to being healthier human beings sleep, drinking water, eating better, exercising. And by the way, I'm, I am my own worst person for this. I got the dad bod, but what do people, what would people rather do than do one of these four things? Hey, take this supplement. Hey, take this diet pill. Now I'm, I'm here's the deal. I'm not criticizing anybody. I, you know, I know nothing about the diet industry. I'm not knocking anybody. However, I have known people they will never, they, they would rather take a pill than take a walk. 
And that's not to be harsh. I'm not saying it to be like psych- psychotic about anyone's health. I'm just saying it's it's not uncommon that we are always looking for the easy way out than the way that will be most beneficial to us. The same is true in our business. And it may be why you are dissatisfied in sales because you're sending these messages, you're making these phone calls, and they are getting you nowhere. The reason it's getting you nowhere is because you're not putting in the work and recognizing the pacing and process to grow your business. The things that are simply true that have to happen, the mountain that must be climbed, the mountain must be climbed to get to that other side of success, satisfaction, you know, results that you want, the mountain must be climbed. And it's not because there's some cosmic, um, you know, or for me being a Christian, I don't think it's because God's put the mountain there to, to make me angry. I do think, however, um, there was a quote, oh my gosh, I need to Google this. I think it was Frederick Douglass. Um, let's see. Yeah. Frederick Douglass. So Frederick, uh, Douglass in 1857. So I, I was in a history class in high school when this quote was said, and to this day, it's always stuck with me. Frederick Douglass said, without struggle, there can be no progress. Being an entrepreneur and being a business owner has grown me more in the past five years than any other time in my life. It has also been the absolute hardest five years of my life. And I think my wife would say as much as true. I think if you asked her, what's the last five years been like? I think she would speak out of deep concern for her husband and um, the lack of sleep and the stress and the worry and the self-doubt um, that she, I think, has had to, brunt, to, to bear the brunt of. Excuse me. Um, but without struggle, there can be no progress. I have grown more in the last five years than any other time in my life, uh, and I am excited for growth in the future. If you want to get to that other side of the mountain, you can't pretend the mountain isn't there. You can't imagine a, you know, um, what are those things called? The little, uh, uh, I guess we'll just say like a carriage. <laughs> can't imagine a carriage is going to, you know, horse is going to clop up next. Why is this example now in like the 1700s? I don't know what I'm doing here. You can't imagine another pathway and just believe that you're not going to have to do it. It doesn't work that way. The mountain is there for a reason. And if you want to get to the other side, you have to climb the mountain. End of story. Bottom line. That is how it is. And that is the beauty of life. That is what leads ultimately to satisfaction. Without struggle, there is no progress. As we're progressing as human beings, as we're progressing in our business, embrace the struggle and climb the mountain rather than avoid it. Hey, that's today's episode. Thank you for listening today. I hope this was encouraging. If you've been feeling down about the mountain, (laughs) why is this mountain here? It's there for all of us. Find a friend, find someone to talk to, or hey, if you're local, come to our Tuesday morning growth group at 9 a.m. at Red Kite in Springdale. We'd love to have you. And other than that, um, we'll be back later this week with more good advice content to help you on your journey. I'm in your corner. I got people who are in mine and all together, we're trying to make this thing work. So that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later.
Grazie.